If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 114 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on September 26th, 2021. (laughs) Good God in heaven, my friends. What a freaking week, huh? What a game last night. I'm still not over it. And in case you can't tell, neither is my voice. (laughs) My voice still isn't necessarily 100% from that Stantonian Grand Slam that I'm pretty sure I've watched no less than 300 times. And like I have at other points throughout this bipolar 2021 Yankee season... I think it's safe to say that we're all feeling pretty freaking great right now. At least I hope you still are by the time this episode comes out after tonight's game, which will hopefully result in a Yankee sweep, but I'm recording this right now at around 1 in the afternoon here on Sunday, and at the moment, I think it's safe to say we're all still riding the high. Especially, but not only, from last night's game, but also from this past week overall. From this team that as we have well established throughout this chaotic season, is either the best of the best or the worst of the worst. This team that all of us, including myself, as I said on Twitter, and understandably so, thought was dead and buried after their second consecutive shameful display last weekend after Sunday's game against Cleveland. And it was shameful. That was the day that, although I knew deep down that it wasn't mathematically over, and that it would come down to the final nine games, as I also said last week, that it certainly felt over, and the team's gameplay screamed that it was over. But nope. As per usual, as it's said in The Godfather, just when you think they're done, they pull you back in. And if that along with their maddening and baffling inconsistency all year long, despite the talent on this roster, aren't microcosms of this team, then I don't know what is. You never know what you're going to get with this team. One week you're having the time of your life, and then the very next week, you might be tempted to do a headfirst dive off your roof. But when it's what we've gotten since last Sunday... It's pretty fun. It is fun, man. Ah, Let's set the table. We're going to get right into it. Lots of fun stuff to talk about, as always, my friends. We've got our social media question up first that I would have liked to be a poll, but the poll function wasn't working on Twitter last night, so thanks a lot for that, Twitter. I just made it into a regular open response question instead on Twitter and Instagram, so we'll hit on that first, and then... All the great stuff in news and recap. 
the tough game last Sunday, but then all the good the rest of the week leading up to today in this week that the Yankees have not lost a game since last Sunday. So all the games, of course, and also the returns of two big names who would normally be starters, but as we've spoken about time and time again, would return as relievers for the rest of this year because it's simply too late in the season to build them back up as starters. We've already spoken about this. And they have officially returned as anticipated from last week. You know who they are. And one of them looks like they haven't missed a single second of time. Picking up right where they left off, even after being out for nearly two full years. It's pretty freaking incredible when you think about it. And there's also another crucial arm very close to returning. We'll discuss that too. And also, have you ever been a judge or Stanton doubter or a hater? You can be honest. None of us are perfect. We're all wrong about things. No matter how much some people might not want to believe that about themselves, but it's true. But in any event, I've got some words for you on that too in recap, as you can probably imagine. And I've already spoken about both of them plenty in weeks past because of how long they've been carrying this team for throughout this season. But their performances this past week, especially Stanton lately, who has eight RBIs this weekend alone heading into tonight's game, I think it's safe to say has warranted even more discussion on the matter. Their contributions have continued unbelievably. And like I said, I'm going to talk all about all of that in recap for yesterday's game in particularly when it comes to Stanton. So yeah, we've got a bunch to talk about as always, but for now, let's get going with the social media segment. But first, a quick reminder that Yapping Yankees is being brought to you by, obviously, myself and Ball9. Visit Ball9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball9. And also, guys, obviously, please do not forget to follow me on all social medias. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero. And obviously that's the platform you want to follow me on the most because many of you out there know that's where you're going to get all of my takes and most of the entertainment that you'll get from me on social media. It takes place on Twitter. So be sure to follow me on there at Mike Scudero again. And also on Instagram at Mike Scuds. 97. And don't forget to also subscribe to the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel. Leave a like below if you're listening on there. And also be sure to show some love on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud as well. Subscribe, leave some reviews, all that good stuff. But for now, on to the social media segment. Twitter up first, as always. The question I had for you this week is... Do you believe that the Yankees will end up even hosting the wild card game? Not only being in the wild card game, but even hosting it. And of course, I encourage you to give your thoughts below and that the first 10 replies at least that I see based on the timing of this segment will be read on today's show. Now, this is a tough question, and I know that. That's why it's a good question, <laughs> but... The reason why it's tough is because including tonight's game, which again at the time of recording is yet to happen, but including tonight's game, 
There are only seven games left in the 2021 season. I know, it flew right by like I said it would back in April, because every season flies by. I don't care if it's 162 games, it goes as fast as any season in sports. But, there are only seven games left. And, coming into today, if you look at the wild card picture, and this will be different after tonight, either the Red Sox will regain a lead over the Yankees, or the Yankees will have a one-game lead over the Red Sox and regain the first wild card that they had a couple of weeks ago. But, There are a few things we have to take into account here. First off, as we've well established, the Yankees are probably the most inconsistent team on the face of God's green earth. So given that fact, if they do stay on this upswing that they're currently on, and the Yankees' upswings are freaking terrific, as we know, and their downswings are basically as bad as it gets, as we also know, So if they stay on this upswing and take care of their own business, they should be fine. And of course, hopefully that continues with the Yankees sweeping the Red Sox tonight. We'll see if they do. And again, if they do, they will be in sole possession again of the first wild card. But there's still work left to do after that. There's still six games remaining. All six against the Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays, who clinched the AL East last night. And that's still a tall order. But again, if this upswing continues and the Yankees take care of their own business, all should be okay. But there's also another thing to take into account here. And those are the final games for the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. The Red Sox, whom they're in a dead tie with, again coming into today. And the Blue Jays, who trail both the Yankees and the Red Sox by two games, fighting for a wild card spot. Now, the Blue Jays, first off, who haven't exactly had the easiest weekend against the Twins, thank you, Twins, (laughs) but after their series with the Twins, of course, they have this series against the Yankees, which is starting on Tuesday, as we know, from Tuesday to Thursday, and then during the final weekend of the season, and again, this is the part why you have to take this into account if you're a Yankees fan or the Yankees themselves, the final weekend for the Blue Jays, while the Yankees play a team as tough as Tampa even though they've already clinched and could basically just go smooth riding until the end here, the Blue Jays are facing the Orioles. Very easy matchup because, again, all other teams in the division have taken care of the Orioles very well, other than the Yankees. The Yankees have not. (laughs) But none of the other AL East teams have had that problem. So the Blue Jays are probably going to have a very easy weekend next weekend. And if you look at the Red Sox... After this weekend, they play three against the Orioles during this week, Tuesday to Thursday, and then they finish their season next weekend against the Washington Nationals, who are also an easy team to beat these days. So the Blue Jays and the Red Sox finishing with a much easier schedule in the last couple of days than the Yankees is something else to take into consideration as well. But like I originally said, If this Yankees upswing continues and they continue to take care of their own business, then all should be okay. But it's also going to be a factor of where, if they do make a wild card, where it's going to be played. If the Yankees win tonight's game in Boston and sweep the Red Sox at home at Fenway Park, not only would that be huge, of course, But, again, they would also take the first wild card with six games left to go. And then to follow, of course, the last six for the Red Sox are considered very easy, although anything can happen and any team can beat any team in this long season. We know that. But 
it's considered to be very easy. And the other teams have often tended to take care of their easier schedules much better than the Yankees have this year. That's the truth. And that's why that is also something else to take into account, like I said before. And meanwhile, the Yankees finish with the Blue Jays and the Rays. Tough tasks. But it has certainly helped that coming into this weekend, the blazing hot Blue Jays and the blazing hot Red Sox have definitely cooled off of late. And that's why the Yankees have been able to seemingly take control here again. Because the Red Sox had a two, two-and-a-half game lead on the Yankees mere days ago. And even the Blue Jays had a two-game lead on them. Now the Yankees have a two-game lead over the Blue Jays and are tied with the Red Sox heading into tonight's game. Things can always change very quickly. And with how all the team's schedules are, with still a week left to go and the wild card still as close as it is... That's why this question is nearly impossible to answer. Because anything can happen. By the time we talk next Sunday, the day of game 162, anything can happen by then. And this discussion that we're having right now could be completely different. Or it could be the same as far as the positions of each team in this race right now. And also not to forget, the Yankees and the Blue Jays and the Red Sox as well all need to also pay very close attention to a very unexpected team right behind them as well, and that's the Seattle Mariners. They're only three games behind the second wild card themselves. And even the A's are still hanging in there, the Oakland A's. So like I said, anything can happen, and there's still a week left of gameplay. The Yankees finish off with a tough schedule. The Blue Jays and Red Sox finish off, especially next weekend with the both of them, with much easier opponents. But you know what? No one sympathizes with the Yankees. No one feels bad for them because they are the Yankees, first and foremost. And second of all, the Yankees put themselves in this position with their lousy first half gameplay and then their horrible gameplay up until about a week ago after their 13-game winning streak. They've done this to themselves. And now they have to dig themselves out of it if they want a chance. And they know that. And that's probably why they've played so much better this last week or so because they know the pressure's on. And that's why they've been winning humongous games like this weekend in Boston so far. And again, hopefully that continues in tonight's game. And for the rest of the week after tonight. So after that whole spiel I just went on, we've arrived back at the original point. That this question is basically impossible to answer as of right now. It's just basically solely a prediction. Do you think the Yankees will end up even hosting the wild card game at Yankee Stadium, which means they would have to win the first wild card. And given all those facts that I just threw at you, the answer that I arrived at after much thinking is basically what I said before. If the Yankees continue this upswing and take care of their own business, then they could very well host the wild card game, and I hope they do. But they could barely afford, like, two losses at this point if they do want to host it, especially given the Red Sox and Blue Jays' schedules to end the season. Assuming, of course, they take care of their bad opponents as they've tended to do all year. And as we know, the Yankees are the most inconsistent team on the face of the earth. So you never know what could happen in this next week, but it certainly has been encouraging that just at the time the Yankees are getting blazing hot again, the Red Sox and the Blue Jays this weekend have cooled off. And if that continues throughout this week, despite the Red Sox and Blue Jays' easier schedules, both of them especially next weekend, then the Yankees could very well end up hosting the wild card game. And you know what? That's what I'm going to rely on here. 
because like I said in the intro, this team pulls us back in over and over again. And I am giving in. I don't care. I'm saying that this upswing with this inconsistent team is going to continue throughout this next week. I say they win at least two out of three in Toronto against the seemingly cooled off Blue Jays at this point. And to be honest with you, with the way they've looked, their determination, they're refusing to lose. I'd be shocked if they don't complete the sweep at Fenway tonight as well. So given all of this, this, what is it? eight-minute spiel I've gone on. (laughs) I'm saying that the Yankees end up hosting the wild card game. Not only being in the wild card game, but hosting it. And even if they don't host it, I gotta be honest with you, as long as they stay hot and they stay on this upswing and they don't go back to any of their stupid crap that they've loved to do so often this year, even if they don't host it, I think they'd win. But I'm going with them hosting it. I'm going all in. Screw it. And you should too. Especially if they complete the sweep tonight and take sole possession of the first wild card back. But before I keep endlessly yapping away on you, let's go to some of your replies down in the comments here on Twitter and hear what you had to say. Stepping up to the plate first here on Twitter, we've got at Keith in Cambo. And Keith says, depends on the last game in Boston. If they manage a sweep, they have a chance. I don't think the Red Sox sweep their last six. Big issue if the Bo Sox have the tiebreaker, so the Yankees are swimming upstream. Yeah, that's that's actually really true. The tiebreakers as well, if they tie with the Blue Jays or they tie with the Red Sox, because in the season series, the Yankees only have a winning record against Baltimore. And barely even that, by the way, as we know. So yeah, the tiebreakers would be a problem if it came to that. Absolutely. You're definitely right about that. And the final game, yeah, as I said before, that has a lot of value because if the Yankees do sweep, then they'll have a one-game lead in the first wild card. And if they don't, then they'll be trailing the Red Sox by a game behind the first wild card, with Boston having a much easier last six games, as we've already established. So yeah, Keith, I, I tend to agree with you. It is upstream. It is. And that's why I threw all those facts out there before. There are a lot of things to consider. But, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. All right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm actually going to open the window in my room because it is very nice outside, so I'm going to go do that. You know what? I'm not even going to edit this part out. I'm just going to go open the window. There you go. There you go. Got some cool air in. Why not? (laughs) I'm not even going to edit that part out. I don't even care. All right, up next here on Twitter is, with fresh air coming through my room, is at Yankees Ken. And they say, yes, the Yankees seem to have gotten hot at just the right time. Yeah, like I said, they have. They've gotten hot this weekend, and the Red Sox and Blue Jays, who were both blazing hot heading into the weekend, have seemingly cooled off. And it couldn't come at a better time, right when it matters most, in the last week of action. You're absolutely right about that. Totally agree. Next up is at Bob Raglevich. Hope I said that right. But Bob says, yes, with a win in the last game at Fenway. The Sox will be demoralized and will have a game lead with just six to play, but not with a loss. The Red Sox finish with six easy games while the Yankees have Toronto and Tampa Bay. Yeah, those are all factors that I put out there. And that's absolutely right. Like I said, it would mean a lot more if they swept tonight 
and had a one-game lead in the first wild card, especially given also, like I also mentioned, the schedule to come for all the three teams and how much easier the Blue Jays and Red Sox both have it, especially next weekend, with the Blue Jays playing the Orioles right after the Red Sox get done with them, and then the Red Sox playing the Nationals. So yeah, tonight's game, as every single game has been the last couple of weeks, but tonight and going forward are even bigger, is a massive game. No doubt about it. Next up, we have Julian Gallardi won, my good friend Julian. And Julian says, yes, just sweep at Fenway and keep it rolling. Yep, just got to take care of their own business. They have to. That's the key. Next is at SirGerm88, saying, might not be a home game for the wild card, but who knows? Still a week's worth of games. Anything can happen. Yeah, anything can happen. Like I also said before, which is, What makes this question so tough and thereby good to begin with? So you are absolutely correct. Next is at when you wish underscore. And they say, yes, I do. This team has enough passion and determination to make it happen. Yeah, this past week they definitely have. Like I said, they definitely looked dead and buried after that second game against Cleveland that they lost last Sunday. I mean... That was just as bad as it gets, the way the team looked and the way things were headed, with little time to go, and I think everybody could agree on that. So, the way they've looked since then, though, with the way they got it done finally against an easy team, which they hadn't done prior against the Rangers during the week this past week, and what they've done in Boston this weekend, I mean, it's it's saved them in a lot of ways. I mean, but like I said, there's still a lot of work left to be done. But as of the last few days on this five-game winning streak they have going, the passion and determination, as you say, are definitely there. Just got to keep it going. Next, we have Rebecca at Peace Now for Life. And Rebecca says, yes, I believe the Yankees will host the wild card. This team is on a hot streak and will not be denied. The offense and defense are working together and the pitching has been lights out. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Everything has been firing on all cylinders, and we've spoken about how when the Yankees are at the best of the best phase and not the worst of the worst, the worst of the worst usually contains either nothing working or one aspect of the team working, let's just say the pitching for instance, but then the offense goes dead or the bullpen lets them down, or if the offense is doing well, then the pitching stinks, and that's usually when they're in their worst of the worst phase, but when they're in the best of the best then you see the expectations that this team had to start the season. You really see them start to take form because, like it or not, on paper, this roster is very talented. That was never the dispute throughout this entire season when we were talking about what the hell's going on with the Yankees. That was actually the source of why this season has been so irritating (laughs) and baffling because you know how talented they are, yet they were going out there and doing what they were doing. And who knows, in a few days they could do it again because of how inconsistent they are. But we're believing here that they won't, and let's keep our fingers crossed that they won't. But that's the thing. We've always known they were talented on paper, but just the underachieving and the baffling inconsistency is why this season has been so maddening. Because you know the team has the potential to do what they've done when they've been the best of the best. We all know the Yankees have a top-notch roster, That has the expectations to accomplish incredible things. It's just a matter of proper execution. 
and showing that you're serious about winning by, I don't know, not playing guys like Andrew Heaney and maybe putting Luke Voigt in the lineup when you can fit him in, which you can. But fortunately, at the same time, you also do have others like Brett Gardner, who are also doing a great job. But that's just a matter of the entire team, again, just firing on all cylinders, like we've said. When you feel like you can do no wrong as a ball club. And that's the phase that the Yankees are in at the moment, now that they're back into their best of the best phase. And as long as they stay in it, which, that's the question, whether they will or won't, but as long as they stay in it, they're a tough team to beat. And we know that. But as we've all established, there are also a lot of factors to consider, which doesn't make this such an easy answer. But yes, Rebecca, back to your original point, which is why they're back to their best of the best phase, because you see this in action. All of the factors of the team are just working together beautifully. And they're winning baseball games because of it. Wow, who would have known that's how you win baseball games? Holy crap. (laughs) Next, we have Tina at Mountain Gal 456. And Tina says, how could you not believe in this team? They're so hyped up right now. And you can see that they believe in themselves. I believe. Yeah, it's tough to not believe in them when they get you back into this mindset, Tina. And when they play like this, like I said, just when you think they're done, they pull you back. And it's tough to resist the temptation (laughs) because we love them so much. Very toxic love-hate relationship here that we have with this team. (laughs) But it's the truth. But the way they're playing right now, like a couple of replies ago said, the passion and determination are there. They look like they believe in themselves a lot. And listen, they say they always do, even in the rough times. And maybe that's what leads to these good times like this. And that's great. But it's especially times like this where they just look fantastic and you just think that you look at the look on their faces and you think you see it on their faces that they don't think that anybody can stop them when they're firing on all cylinders like this. And then, of course, when they're playing at the worst or the worst phase, then they look as defeated as anybody in the history of sports. And that sucks. But when they're like this, yeah, they just look unstoppable. All right, let's do a couple more. Up next, we have at Jackie misses and Jackie says, don't even care. They're playing well enough to remind me of the Boston Massacre, and they had to go back to Boston for the play-in type game. So bring it, even if they have to play there. Maybe it's just meant to be. Yeah, and I even said that before. If the Yankees do have to play on the road, I mean, whether it be the Blue Jays coming back and resurging, and they end up hosting the game in Toronto, or if the wild card is exactly the way it was heading into this weekend, with the Red Sox having possession of the first, and the Yankees having possession of the second, therefore, the Red Sox host the game at Fenway against the Yankees. With the way the Yankees are playing right now, if they stay in this phase, this upswing, then I don't think it's going to matter where they play. I think they'll get it done. And maybe it will be that play-in type game like it was in the 70s when Bucky Dent hit that iconic home run, which I got to be honest with you, I'm not comparing the two. Um, Relax, all right? The old-time fans out there, when I'm about to say this, relax, okay? I'm just saying that that Stanton home run, even though there's more work left to do and anything can happen in the next week, I'm just saying that that Stanton home run last night had major Bucky Dent feels to it. Big game at Fenway Park at the end of the year. Big deciding game about how the playoff race is going to shape up at the end. And it's a big home run. A huge game-deciding home run at Fenway Park. It just had that Bucky Dent vibe to me. I don't know if anybody else felt that way. I'm not saying it's on par with Bucky Dent's home run. I'm not saying that it's bigger or better than Bucky Dent's home run, even though it's pretty freaking spectacular. 
between how long it was and how clutch it was, but I'm just saying, it had Bucky Dent feels to it. And if this Yankee team is going to mimic anything from that 78 team, well, this year's going to have a good result to it now, isn't it? Because we all know the ultimate fate of the 1978 Yankees, and it was another championship. So Jackie, we shall see. All right, let's just do like two more here on Twitter. I think I'm going to get to like 11 or 12 of them. That's fine. There's going to be a lot of you left out as usual, but listen, a lot of you reply. There's nothing I can do. I'm sorry. But up next is at Dweller 73 and they say, I know that John Sterling reads every single one of my tweets, and I wouldn't want him accusing me of trying to predict baseball, so I'm going to hedge on the answer. Let's just say there's reason to be optimistic. Boy, John Sterling reads all your tweets, huh? It's pretty freaking incredible. Yeah, and we all know John Sterling's lack of wanting to predict baseball because it's unpredictable. That and that's baseball, Susan. So yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But yeah, listen, there is reason to be optimistic, all joking aside. There is. This next week will be interesting. John Sterling reads my tweets. (laughs) If only. That'd be awesome if John Sterling was on Twitter. Okay, let's do one more. We have my friend Spencer, at MusicianDMD, and Spencer says, In the wake of a five-game winning streak, it's hard not to think that the New York Yankees will earn the top wild card. But their inconsistencies and upcoming opponents tell me there are some L's in their future, and it'll result in them traveling for the wild card. Too bad, because I've been to every New York Yankees wild card game, and it's very exciting. Yeah, the five-game winning streak, listen, like we said, they keep on pulling us back in. That's what I keep saying, and that's the truth. And when you're in these phases of the best of the best, it's tough not to get excited. Like I said, you're absolutely right, Spencer. And their inconsistencies in the schedule, yep, I mentioned all that. It's, it's tough to balance, and it all factors in in the predictions. But you do have them making the wild card, but just traveling. All right, that's fair enough. So the second wild card... But hopefully they do make it to the first one so you can go to another wild card game because you do seem to have pretty good luck there. The Yankees lost the 2015 wild card. I believe that was to the Astros. Yeah, it was. The Astros in 2015, they did lose that game in Yankee Stadium. But the Yankees did win the wild card game in 17 and 18. So the Yankees are 2-1. and one, And all three wild card games, yeah, they all have been at Yankee Stadium. So if this one wasn't to be then this would be the first road wildcard game for the Yankees. Very interesting there. Just a little fun fact. But they do have more wins than losses in this game. And hopefully if you can make it to another, they could make it 3-1. That'd be pretty freaking cool. But in any event, my friends, that is all for the Twitter replies. And as always, I want to thank each and every one of you beautiful people for replying and interacting in any way that you can with this social media segment this week and with all social media segments every week. And as always, like I said before, there are plenty of you I did not get to, and to those of you who I didn't get to, as always, I apologize. I really, really do. I try to mix it up every week as best as I can to give as many of you a voice on these social media segments as I can. But if you want to read the replies for yourself, whether they be replies I got to or not, then you know the deal. Just head on over to my Twitter page, at Mike Scudero. Find the tweet with the question in it, and all of them are down in the comments for you to see for yourself. But before we head on to news and recap, the back end of the show, 
Let's head on over to Instagram and see what a few of you had to say to the very same question. That question being, do you believe that the Yankees will end up even hosting the wild card game? So let's read a few replies on here in my DMs to those of you who replied to this question on Instagram. First up, we have my good friend James, the Dark Knight 025, and James says, I still say no only because of the schedule. The Yankees have to go 7-2, and two, and honestly, that's hard to do. Yeah, the last nine, we all knew that they would have to win a lot of games, and they've had a good start to it, as we know. But yeah, like I said before, they couldn't afford to take much more than maybe a couple of more losses if they want to host the wild card game. Maybe a little bit more leniency if they just want to make the wild card at all, whether it be the first or second. But yeah, James, they can't afford to take many losses. You're you're right about that. Next up, we have at official 52011, and they say, hosting? No, because the Red Sox will face the Orioles for three, and then the Nationals for three. Two teams that aren't playing for anything. Well, yeah, that's true. Like I said, the schedule is another thing to factor. But also, like the Yankees with Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay isn't necessarily going to have anything to play for in the sense that they clinched the division already. They could just go cruising to the end here, if they don't care much for home field, that is. But whether or not you have a team in the case of Tampa, or someone who's out of it and not even making the playoffs, like the Orioles or the Nationals, sometimes those teams like to play spoiler. I mean, who knows? Not to mention just the fact in this long season, any team can beat any team on any given day. But sometimes those teams like to do that. You never know. But yeah, like I've been saying, the schedule is definitely another factor in this, no doubt. You're 100% correct. Last two, as usual. First up, my amazing girlfriend, Vic Salimo, and Vic says, Hell yeah. Simple, straight to the point, Stone Cold Steve Austin-esque, and I'm here for it. <laughs> Alright, Vic, fair enough. Let's finish up with my mother, Julia Gina Scudero, and my mom says, You know, I believe they will. I'm still a nervous wreck, though. Come on, boys, you got this. I'll admit one thing. Having Chapman come out as closer is going to put me in cardiac arrest eventually. I miss the Sandman. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's not even debatable. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, Chapman, I'll tell you this much. Chapman has been much better his last few outings, like his last seven or eight outings. And before last night in Boston, he had gone his last six or seven outings without even giving up a run. And then his last three or four without even giving up a base runner. Granted, two of those three games were like against the Orioles and the Rangers, but you get what I mean. He's been much better lately. And even though last night he still did give up a run, he still locked down the save, and he got it done. But yes, it is in Aroldis Chapman's nature, we have well established this, to nearly send all of us to the hospital. So, nothing is out of the ordinary there as far as last night. And you definitely feel more secure with Mariano coming in, of course. I mean, this, like I said, there's just no debate about that. But yeah, Chapman has almost sent me and all of us at one point or another to the ER many times. I don't think anybody can deny that. So I agree with that. One thing's for sure, though. If he would have blown that game last night after Stanton did what he did, I would have never forgiven him. Ever. <laughs> definitely not. But... Listen, yeah, even though you believe they will, I'm believing they will. A lot of people are buying in again on them. Yeah, we're all nervous as hell. All of us. <laughs> but as for now, guys, 
Again, like I said after Twitter, I'll just reiterate, as always, because I just love and appreciate you guys so much for the love and support you give me. Thank you so, so much for your interactions on this week's social media segment. As always, there's always so much interaction and a lot of fun that we have on whatever question I choose to ask you on any given week or whatever questions you happen to give me on certain weeks that I might do a Q&A. So regardless of what it is, you guys are the best. I love you. And I could not be more thankful to each and every one of you for the love and support you give me and all of the fun that you allow us all to have for this segment of the show every single week. But as for now, guys, it's time to get to the back end of the show. The fun part, at least for this week, <laughs> because some weeks it's not very fun. But for this week, it is very fun. We're going to talk about this past week. News. Recap. Yapping Yankees time machine. Last Sunday. Up to today. Let's do it. Alrighty then, last Sunday, my friends, and this, as I said earlier, was the game that I think it's safe to say that all of us, despite the Yanks still mathematically being in the wild card race, said that this was it. Losing another series at home to another sub-500 team, after how last Saturday went, to somehow come out even worse the next day in the midst of a schedule where you gotta be winning games like this with Cole on the mound. And it was somehow even uglier than last Saturday's 11-3 loss. They lost this one 11-1, giving up 22 runs in two days to a team with no offense and a team that's gotten no hit three times this year. Not good. (laughs) Not good at all. And like I said last week, Cole has only had maybe three truly bad starts. Maybe four. Well, this was one of them. (laughs) And like everything else prior for the prior three weeks or so leading up to this game, it couldn't have come at a worse time. Five and two-thirds innings, ten hits, seven earned runs, one walk, and seven strikeouts. Not a pretty day. And the bullpen would allow four more after. Only two earned because the Yanks literally just played in lifeless fashion, offensively and even getting sloppy on defense. It was literally like they did not give a single crap. Ultimately, they would go on to lose 11-1, to like I said. And to make matters even better, Toronto and Boston both won. So, just when you thought it couldn't get much worse, the Yanks lose wildcard ground too. It was honestly just a travesty of a day that just deflated everybody including me. Little did we know that they would win every single game the rest of the week heading up to today. (laughs) Another thing other than that that was pretty nice, though, was that, as I said he would be last week, within a couple of days from last week's episode, after sending Schmidt back down to AAA, Clark Schmidt, after Sunday's disgraceful game, the Yankees did officially 
reactivate Luis Severino on Monday from the 60-day IL. So for the first time since late 2019, after he had been reactivated for the end of that season, after missing most of that year due to injury too, followed by getting Tommy John in February of 2020 as we know, and then suffering setbacks the last couple of months too, Severino is finally back. After his long road of recovery, he has finally returned. And they also released Sal Romano, by the way. After all that DFAing, bringing him back, signing him to a major league contract, and now they release him. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, the game. First against the Rangers. Nestor Cortez Jr., that beautiful son of a gun, started the game, and he didn't go deep into it through lots of pitches, and he still did well. Just started running into trouble in his last inning where the Rangers scored all of their runs for the night in the fifth, but four and two-thirds, five hits, three runs, one came in with green on the mound after he was done, two walks, and seven strikeouts. And the Yanks had already done all their scoring before that in the second and third innings on a Gary Solo shot, a Judge RBI single, a Stanton sack fly, and a Glaber RBI single. And fortunately, after Nestor was done, starting with Chad Green going an inning and two-thirds scoreless, nice to see him finally bounce back after five days of rest, the pen would hold it down. Holmes an inning and two-thirds scoreless, Joelli got the last out of the eighth, And then Chapman locked down the save with his second consecutive perfect ninth inning, his 28th save on the year, and the Yanks won the first of the series 4-3. And the winning thankfully continued into Tuesday. Montgomery got the start, and finally, instead of what would have been his 17th no decision, we've spoken all about how outrageous it is that he has all the no decisions that he has this year, But that finally changed. That fortune finally changed on Tuesday. He finally got a much-deserved win instead of getting his 17th no decision. Five and two-thirds, four hits, one run, which would be the only run the Rangers would score in the night, one walk, and six strikeouts. So a nice start for Montgomery. The Yanks scored their first three runs while he was in on an RBI ground out by Stanton. An absolute missile for a solo shot by Stanton. Again, my God, was that crushed. And an RBI single by Rizzo. After he left, they would put up four more to make it 7-1 to on a solo moonshot by Joey Gallo, his 38th home run of the year. And to break the game open... A three-run oppo taco by Aaron Judge, his 36th on the year. And the bullpen took care of the rest. Michael King continued his dominance, a stellar inning and a third. And then, for the eighth and ninth innings, Luis Severino. Finally activated on Monday and now pitching on Tuesday for the first time. In 707 days. And he threw two very nice scoreless innings, striking out two in the eighth and just looking terrific. So awesome. 
to finally see Seve back on that mound after all this time. It was just an awfully long road for him. And we've been through it all the last two years. Even in 2019. All the trouble he had staying healthy that year, up until the end of the year. Tommy John in 2020. All the setbacks he's had the last couple of months leading up to now. It's been a long road for the kid. So it's really, really good to see him back. And I can only imagine what was going through his head when he was thrown again on the mound for the first time since 2019. I can only imagine. And in the end of what was a very nice night for the Yanks, they won 7-1. to one. And speaking of pitchers returning, after the game, they sent Estevan Florial back down, who they'd called up a few days prior again briefly, and they would also officially reactivate Domingo Herman who is yet to pitch as of this moment, but I'm sure we'll see him eventually. But he provides even more bullpen help, just like Luis Severino. So in the same week, Sevi and Herman, two arms that at this point in the season, alongside Michael King, act as really key long relief arms for the Yanks. Big arms out in that pen who can throw multiple innings. So that's awesome. Just reinforcing a bullpen that, thankfully, is getting many chances to reset here in the final run with the off day from this past Thursday and also an off day tomorrow on Monday. So the bullpen getting rest days and reinforcements. And I gotta tell you, it was also awesome to see a freaking sweep Wednesday night, which almost never happens, in another game that they absolutely could not afford to lose. And it was great to finally see them take advantage of easier games that they should win. Wasn't looking good to start. Kluber started and may have only gone four and a third, giving up eight hits and three runs. But honestly, he was really a victim of soft contact that night. Lots of it. But you know what they say. That's baseball, Susan. He also had no walks, which is good, and four strikeouts. So, not great, and... Not awful either. Lots of bad luck, but as I said, that's part of the game. And the offense looked extremely lifeless at the time, down three to nothing. But eventually, slowly but steadily, they got life. And also got seven unanswered runs. (laughs) Two-run double for Higgy in the fifth. A game-tying wild pitch in the sixth. And then, tied at three in the eighth. They really exploded. Big RBI double by Glaber Torres. And I'm just going to say this now. You know how hard I've been on him. I have been very hard on him this year. And don't tell me I haven't had a right to be. We all have. He's had an awful season overall. All around. Offensively and defensively. On the whole. But you know something? Good on him for coming through there. Seriously. Big moment. No matter what goes on prior, you have to give credit where credit is due. You know I've always been a guy to do that, and I always will be. And credit to Glaber for coming through in a huge moment there, in a game that the Yankees needed, in a crucial spot. Good on him. That was followed by a Geo single and a throwing error on the play, allowing Glaber to score the fifth run. And then... A two-run nuke 
by Gary to dead center field. Huge home run by Gary, which combined for four runs driven in by Yankee catchers that night because of Higgy's two-run double earlier. 7-3 to three at that point, and that was the final. Bullpen took care of business. Peralta, scoreless inning in two-thirds. Holmes, a scoreless seventh. Green, a scoreless eighth. And Chap, a scoreless ninth. The Blue Jays also lost, so the Yanks got sole possession of the second wild card again. All was good again, heading into Thursday. Which was finally a much-needed off day for our Yankees. They've had a lot of stretches where they've had to play 18 consecutive games in a row, just throwing an example out there, just a random number, but they've had to play as many as that amount of games consecutively a couple of times this year. And this was another stretch for that, so they desperately needed this day off. Even all of them said as much, (laughs) and I don't blame them. And to make the off day even better than it already was, the Blue Jays lost to the Twins too. As the Twins continue to be, I think it's fair to say, the biggest Yankee allies since the beginning of time, between allowing the Yanks to kick their asses directly, regularly, and also usually helping them out in ways like this. So, again, like I said earlier in the show, thank you to the Twins. Yanks gained another half game. (laughs) Friday, the start of the weekend, Fenway Park, start of this current three-game set. At this point, this is playoff baseball, guys. Prior 153 games don't matter at this point. It's all about this final stretch of nine games that I even said last week would be the final determination mathematically of whether or not the Yankees make it. Garrett Cole on the mound, lots of pressure, exactly what he signed up for. The Yanks put themselves in this position, and it's up to them to get the job done. And they did on Friday. Other than a three-run homer to Devers in his final inning of work in the sixth, Cole looked fine. Six innings, five hits, three runs on that home run, three walks, and six strikeouts. Not a fantastic start for Cole's standards, but certainly not a bad one by any means. And the bullpen in Clay Holmes for two outs, Wandy Peralta for an inning and a third, and Chad Green in the ninth would go scoreless. And in the meantime, right from the get-go, the offense fired on all cylinders. Three runs in the first on a Judge RBI double, a Stanton RBI ground out, and a Glaber RBI single. Yet another good night for him on this offensive hot streak he's been on amidst moving back to second base. I like it, man. I like it. And he deserves credit. He has visibly been much more comfortable all around since the Yankees finally decided to move him from shortstop. And if I have to ever take the L on a take that I've ever had, it was thinking that Glaber Torres could make it at shortstop before the season started, because my God. You know what? I put my hand up, and I accept the loss on that one. I was wrong. Glaber Torres is not a shortstop, and him being as comfortable as he's been since moving back to second base is just that much more evidence of that fact. But anyways... Later in the third inning, Stanton, Apotaco into the bullpens, three-run shot, six to nothing at that point. Then Higashioka <laughs> hits a pop-up on the infield 
between the mound and first base. Schwarber's under it. Devers coming over from the left side. And then the ball just fell. <laughs> it just dropped. Another run scored on that. Seven to nothing. Oh, God, was that funny. And then up seven to three. They'd add on one more on a Glaber home run. Even something as rare as that happened. With Glaber looking more comfortable overall. Ultimately, Yanks won 8-3. What a start to the weekend. The Blue Jays lost two. So the Yanks went back to being two games ahead of them. And finally, yesterday afternoon, in the second game at Fenway this weekend... (laughs) What a game this was. Oh my god, I'm still not over it. Nestor Cortez started the game. Had a nice start. Four and a third, four hits, two runs, and the second one scored on a wild pitch by Michael King after Nestor left the game. Not a single walk and four strikeouts. Not bad at all. And the Yanks ended up getting that run right back on a wild pitch by the Sox anyway. So let's just get right to the moment that matters. (laughs) Two to one Sox, eighth inning, two outs, and no one on base. Seemingly lifeless offense yet again. The Yankees had had trouble getting base runners the entire afternoon up to this point. And then, before you know it, Gardner, walk. And what an at-bat by Gardner, by the way. He grinded the hell out of this at-bat, as per usual, to get this rally started in the first place. He's just been so important. Gotta give credit to him, too. Judge, walk, great at bat by him too. Rizzo, hit by pitch. Two outs, bases loaded now. John Carlos Stanton. Him and his 319 career average and eight grand slams in his career coming into this at bat. And this beautiful specimen steps up to the plate and on the first Pitch launches the baseball to another galaxy. A huge hit, monster grand slam over the monster wall. Five to two Yankees. I murdered my voice after that. (laughs) That is the reason why you're hearing my voice just not at full capacity today. That grand slam. (laughs) Good God almighty. As Jim Ross would say, what a hit. What a hit. And in my opinion, there's not even a measurement on it because the damn thing hasn't landed yet. (laughs) This man and Aaron Judge and all their prior problems staying healthy have come into this season and have answered the call. They've put this team on their backs It's truly remarkable. What else can you say? I mean, you've got to feel like quite the moron now if you've booed Stanton in the past. Especially throughout most of this season. The guy has 17 home runs since August 1st alone. 17! Just incredible. And yeah, he may go through his extreme cold streaks. So can Judge. Sometimes they swing at those lone away sliders that seem to be headed down the right field line. But guys, they're good baseball players. They are. It's never been about on-field talent. 
It's always been about them staying on the field. And they have this year. They have. And you remember, and if you don't, then I'll bring it back up on Twitter. You best believe I'm going to. But you remember my judge prediction back in January, if you're a longtime listener, 140 plus games that he would play. And I said, I believe Stanton could do around the same thing. And that both would have great seasons because they would be on the field. Because if they're on the field, the rest would take care of itself because they're great players. You saw it last year with Stanton in the playoffs, having one of the best postseasons anyone has ever seen. And my God, does it feel good to be right about such bold predictions all these months later. They've stayed on the field and they've kicked ass. And that's just the truth. And it is damn good to see. So 5-2 to two at that point. Seve was in the game out of the pen at this point, and he had pitched a scoreless 7th before that. Proceeded to pitch a scoreless 8th, too. Looked absolutely terrific again. And the fastball velo even came back and everything. The changeup was beautiful. The slider looked nice. He just looked great. And boy, did I miss his intensity, man. When he had finished pitching the 7th, the yell he let out, just how hyped he was. He was making me hyped. I screamed after he screamed. <laughs> I love that kind of intensity. You know that. If you know anything about me. I'm a passionate guy, so I'm a sucker for that crap. But anyways, after that, Chapman in the ninth, although making a sweat a bit, giving up a solo shot and hitting Ploiecki with the pitch after that, like I said before, it's just in his nature to almost send all of us to the ER regularly. He got it done, and the Yanks won just an incredible baseball game. Truly awesome, as they seek a sweep today. Five wins in a row going into tonight, when it truly matters, after they look dead and buried just seven days ago. And once again, like I said, and like they say in The Godfather, when you think they're done, they pull you back in. Unbelievable. <laughs> and Michael K. said it, just like I've been saying about the inconsistencies, he said it, the streakiest team is on the upswing. Thank God. <laughs> and all of this, coupled with the news of Loisica throwing bullpens and possibly coming back in two days during the Blue Jays series, <sighs> things are looking up again, my friends. But like I also said, the work's not done yet. You gotta win tonight, which again, by the time you're listening to this, you'll know whether or not they do. I don't know right now at the time I'm recording. And they've got to keep it up for the last six games after that. And it won't be easy with the Jays and Sox having easy games to end the season. And you never know what you're going to get with a team as inconsistent as the Yankees. But one thing's for sure, as we've said, they're on the upswing. And that's a pretty damn good thing. And I promise you, that rhyme was not on purpose. Which, speaking of the next and final six games, that leads me perfectly into what's ahead for the final week of the regular season. It's here, guys. You got the game tonight, ESPN. Tomorrow, another off day, 
another day to recuperate and get ready for those last six games. Tuesday starts the other massive three-game set that we've spoken a lot about in Toronto against those young Blue Jays. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday's games will all be at 7.07 Eastern. And then Friday starts the final games of the 2021 season. A three-game set back in the Bronx against Tampa, who just clinched the AL East last night and are currently fighting for home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Friday will be at 7.05 Eastern, Saturday at 1.05 Eastern, and Sunday, when we meet again, like all the rest of the games that day as per usual for Game 162, will be at 3.05 Eastern. And unless the wild card race does in fact come down to literally the last day, Game 162, next Sunday, the next time we chat, we should know the fate of these ever-inconsistent, yet at times, like this past week, thrilling 2021 New York Yankees. And where or if they will play the wild card game. But until then, as for now, guys, that is all for episode 114 of Yapping Yankees today. Please remember to follow me on all social medias. Facebook fan page, at Mike Scudero NY. Twitter, at Mike Scudero. And Instagram, at Mike Scuds 97 And also, guys, subscribe to the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel. Show some love and leave a like down below on this video if you're listening on there. And also, don't forget to show Yapping Yankees some love on the other three platforms it's available on. Subscribe, leave a review, the whole deal. And you could do that also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And while you're at it, if you have the time, listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you might have missed. Episodes 34 up to episode 114 today are available on YouTube And all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Once again, thank you, 3000, for listening to me yap today. I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, October 3rd, when I come at you with episode 115, the final 2021 regular season episode of Yapping Yankees. And until then, guys, you know the deal. Hang in there. Be patient. Please stay safe. Look out for your loved ones. I hope you've enjoyed the game tonight by the time you listen to this. I hope they sweep. And hopefully, by next Sunday, we'll know if and where they will play in the wildcard game. Fingers crossed, guys. This next week is probably going to be filled with lots of chaos, so get ready. And I am just begging for the 40th time this year for the Yankees not to break our hearts. Who knows what mic you're going to be getting next week. Enjoy your week, my friends. Take care. (laughs) 